first Silmarillion film episode of 2021, starting the year off on the right foot, half an hour late, as usual. Because that's how we roll. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. We, we start when least expected. That's, that's, that's usually it. Although, actually, if we, were, if, we were, if we were aiming for that, we would start on time or early. That's true. That would be the true surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we've got everything set up, uh, and, and we needed to put in the extra time to make sure all the audio was, was, was working smoothly because uh, our first episode of the new year is an exciting one. We've got our good friend Phil Menzies on, and we're doing season five music. Hey, Phil. Hi, Dave. Thanks for the Happy welcome. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, we're, and Phil and I are joined as always by Coriolson Tolkien. Excellent, that's right. I'm here too. I'm here too. Um, uh, so, Phil, you're joining us uh, from Australia today, right? Yes, uh, not just today, every day. Not just um, today. Every day. <laughs> which which yes, part? Uh, um, Blue Mountains, uh, just to the west of Sydney. Um, so yes, lovely. It's not quite misty out there. We're having quite a cool summer this year. Uh, better, much better than last year. Right. But, uh, yes, about two thirty on a Friday afternoon. So I've um, skived off from work a little bit early. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thank well, you. I'm uh, joining us here uh, from Tyrian upon Tuna uh, here tonight. So I'm yeah. also a little bit further away than usual. Uh, but um, there we are. Um, so yeah, yeah, good. So so you actually live as uh, Maria's pointing out in in the arid Lewin, basically. That's that's yes, in the arid exciting. Lewin, I do, I do, but yeah. nobody else calls it that. <laughs> and what a shame that is. And that's their I loss, I would have to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Oh, wait, can I can I just put my vote in for uh, uh, one of the first one of the first regional myth moots of the post COVID era? Should definitely be Sydney. Oh, you know, we've been working on a, you know, a down under, whether it's, uh, whether it's Australia or New Zealand, we've been working on a, uh, you know, an Aussie or Kiwi moot for some time now. And we had to shelve it for a while. And then of course we had to shelve everything for a while. But, uh, but yeah, that's, I, I'm, I would absolutely love for that to happen. That's definitely, that's definitely a plan of mine. Uh, so, uh, so we'll see. You could test the water. You could test the waters with a virtual, with some virtual moots. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, we're 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 doing a few virtual moots uh, this year, but you know it's it's hard because for us at Signum, you know our moots. Virtual moots are fun, but of course, virtual moots are kind of a lot like what we do every day. You know, like it's 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 not. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not special, but it's kind of not special. You know, I mean, like the whole point of our moot program is to vary. I mean, we're all online all the time, and so to be able to vary that with like the novelty of actually getting together in person is really, really exciting. Uh, and that's really kind of the whole drive of our moot program. So, you know, we, we, we've done and we're, we're doing it and we have, uh, uh, and that well, I'll just use this as a segue to our announcements because we do have virtual text moot coming up. The Texas folks are putting together a virtual text moot on February 13th. So uh, it's kind of fun. Lots of people can join in instead of just the Texas folks. Um, text moot has been a, a wonderful event for the last uh several years now. Um, so we do do things like that eventually, but, um, or, you know, occasionally I should say, uh, but really looking forward to getting back into the, uh, into the in-person, uh, moot 
schedule. Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, the other two announcements while I'm here. Um, one, a brief plug for Signum Clubs. Signum Clubs are starting up soon. They're going to be starting up in February, most likely. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're really excited about getting this program off the ground and hoping to have some exciting news soon uh, about Signum Clubs. Signum Clubs are our new uh, extracurricular program for kids. This is for uh, kids. We're going to start off with uh, programs for kids from third grade up through 12th grade, uh, book club discussions, creative writing workshops, uh, language discussions, so both immersive conversational languages of living languages, uh, and really fun translation classes uh, for dead languages, starting off talking about Anglo-Saxon. So uh, really cool opportunities uh, for kids. Uh, I know many kids are don't have as many extracurricular opportunities because their schools are still just struggling to make classes happen in a lot of uh, places uh, and in many situations. So um, really excited to be able to offer this for folks. Uh, and of course, our next script discussion, the script discussions roll on. They're up to episode six uh, in their discussions of the scripts, and that's going to be happening this very Sunday, as is January 10th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, uh, there's a, a link here. You can go to our discussion boards uh, to uh, talk more about this. And a couple things that I would like to point out about this. We, Of course, we've changed the way that we're doing things a little bit this year. We're, we're, we're kind of mixing it up here in season five. Um, and we've been integrating discussions of the outlines uh, uh, as we've been going through uh, the the season, sort of the first time here. Um, and our script discussions have been proceeding along uh, kind of in parallel with our discussions and keeping ahead of the podcast there. Um, I just want to make sure that folks know just because we're doing, and, and the script discussions are being broadcast um, here on GoToWebinar and also on our Twitch channel, and that's really great. Um, but I want to make sure that people realize that just because the sessions are happening live, if you can't attend live, it's still totally okay. It's, it's really good uh, to contribute any thoughts or ideas that you have on the discussion board. Um, our script team is still really interested to see you know, any of those kinds of asynchronous contributions to the script uh, discussions that come in there. So just definitely wanted to uh, uh, invite folks to uh, uh, to really uh, take advantage of the opportunity to get involved in the discussion there. Um, so those are the things that are happening and that are coming up. But today, what we're talking about is music. We are, we're we're, we're uh, going through at several points. We're going to be looking at different uh, kind of creative commissions that we have. We've discussed conceptually through the ideas for the season and through all of our major storylines. Uh, we're now going through episode by episode, but interspersed in here, we're going to be doing some commissions instructions right now that we have in our heads a, a, a good idea of what's supposed to be happening here in season five we want to get together with our creative folks who have been uh, contributing so wonderfully to this program all the way through uh, and talk with them about the kinds of things we would really like to see now while we're, while, we're, while we're still early in the discussion so that they have some time to work on stuff and then we can come back and and look at some of the work that folks have done um, when we come to the end of the season. Um, and so today we're going to be doing this with music. Uh, and Philip Menzies, of course, is joining us. He has been our composer for the uh, uh, film project since season one. Uh, he's been doing wonderful work through our first four seasons. Uh, and we're going to be talking about um, 
we're going to be talking about uh, what kinds of things we want to see. So we're 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 going to be sort of thinking through the kinds of. Uh, themes, songs, concepts uh, that we really want to be uh, uh, be kind of working on uh, as we're thinking about season five and the stories that we've been developing. Um, so, uh, Phil, I think you can I think you can see on the screen here. Um, uh, Murray has posted some of these sort of rules that you have uh, been kind of developing and working with. You want to kind of walk us through the the rules here and the rationale for them, or kind of not rules exactly, but sort of framework, mm. right? Uh, for the yeah. for the some film music. Exactly, exactly. And look, I I didn't come I didn't come up with all of these. Um, right. the, very early on, there was discussion around around the score and what what style of score was was wanted. So um, you guys, I think you guys came to the conclusion very early that it would be a more traditional classical um, score. If you consider, um, say, a score for a movie like Tenet, which we which I saw recently, it's very very electronic, and we didn't want to go down that path. We right. wanted to sort of emulate what had already been done for what had already been set up for Lord of the Rings and Hobbits and Hobbit movies mm-hmm. previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not some room there for some very interesting um, musical musical work. Um, and there's always synthesizers can get in there and and do something really really um, do do something that really brings home a point um, or, or or goes very well with a particular character or scene. Right. Um, yeah. V- very early on, um, you you Corey said that you wanted uh, there to be human no human voices in the score until the children of Illuvatar came right. came right. on came on the scene. And so we've we've kept to that. Um all of our music was um was instrumental except uh, yeah it was instrumental um and we've and we've sort of kept to that um which is which has been really good and that fits in really nicely with the anal delay because the, the description in there is that they were all the sounds were of instruments. Right. There's not a single mention in the in in the anal interlay to to voices. Right, right. So we have we have kept with that. Um, I've sort of I sort of made a decision because I based um, my work very heavily on say what Howard Shaw has done in Lord of the Rings. Um, he worked very closely using uh, light motifs, which are little pieces of music which which can represent um a, a character or a concept um or a scene a place a people so that's what we've been working on um in the first four seasons of film film um and and when when you start to have a wide collection of uh small pieces of music that represent different things you can then string them all together into say an eight minute long piece of music which i did at the end of last year which was for the rising of the sun sequence so that that full eight minutes was almost entirely composed of uh of light motifs all strung together to tell that particular story and i just um, i just love that i mean i love being able that you know that concept of kind of going through and being able to say okay you know give me give me the uh 
give me the the purpose uh, leitmotif followed by the fall leitmotif and let's throw in some Sauron in there. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's really cool to have these, these elements. And of course it's obviously, it's, it's not quite as, uh, not quite as modular as that, right? It's not just like sort of streaming together these separate things, the way that they they can be blended together either through instrumentation or, um, you know, but that, you know, they they can just be kind of alluded to. It's not just, you know, winding up Mm. uh, the same segment. Uh, But I, 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 I just, I love the way that that works, that to be able to build that kind of narrative structure uh, into it. And I think, you know, it's, it's very clear, even to an amateur like me, it's very clear how effectively Howard Shore did that in the Lord of the Rings films. Um, I was just, um, I just rewatched um, the original Star Wars trilogy uh, a couple weeks ago with my kids. As and I was thinking about that because I was thinking about this episode. As we, I knew we had this on the horizon, and I, of course, you know, John Williams did such a brilliant job with that. You know, it was something that was really kind of on, you know, getting my attention. I, um, I was just particularly noticing some of the some of the themes, like especially the Princess Leia theme, uh, you know, and the um, the you know the the Force theme and the Han Solo theme, you know. It's it's there were they're just a bunch of times, and especially I was watching uh, some of this while I was doing other things. Like I had it, we had it up on my iPad, and I was you know like doing stuff in the kitchen while it was on, and like I'd have my back to the screen. And I, I could tell what was happening. Like I knew exactly what was happening because I could hear like, oh, there, Princess Leia just entered. I can tell. <laughs> like she hasn't said anything yet, but I know she's on screen because there it is. Um, so anyway, it's just it's you know the way that those kinds of elements, those kinds of light motifs, can be adapted, integrated, brought together. It's such an important part of the storytelling, and I really, really love that element. Uh, so anyway, so I'm just I'm really excited that we're doing that. I think that that's uh, it. Just it makes the perhaps perhaps this is like me speaking as a real musical amateur. That is like when we do it that way, it is like. <laughs> narrative construction in a way that I can understand, you know, so it makes it easier for me for sure. Um, but I know, I, I've seen how effective that can be in scores. So mm, mm, mm. I've got a couple of examples. I've given Corey a couple of examples. One was of the, the mithril coat um, in the Hobbit movies and one was of mm-hmm. um, the Arkenstone. Um, if you want to want to. Sure. Yeah. Them. So let's, let's play the mithril coat uh, light motif here. Mm hmm. So this is when it was given by Bilbo to Frodo. And this is when it was given by Thorin to Bilbo. So yeah, you can hear they're, they're 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 the same thing, but they've been played slightly differently. One's faster than the other, um, and you can see how it's this theme was not attached to the coast itself; it was attached to the giving of the, the coat. Yeah. yeah, the giving of the coat. So that's that that that's the sort of realm that that we're in when, if, with light motifs. They can represent anything. Um, it's a little bit like the ring theme in the in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, that usually the usually not not every time, but usually 
um, the ring theme appears when the ring changes hands. Right. So it's to re to really emphasise that changing of hands um, in in that. It's not just when the ring's on the scene. So you can do all those sorts of things with with with, with, with light motifs. Yeah. Um, and that that one for that that one for the Mithril Code. That that was the only time that music appeared in any of those movies. Once in Fellowship of the Ring, and once in the uh, the Battle of the Five Armies. Right. And uh, I, I'm really interested also in the differences. Right. I mean, obviously, you can you can hear the same theme, especially the uh, uh, the it was the brass. It was the, the trumpet oboe. line. The oboe. Right? It was, with the, it, was, it was an oboe? Oboe, yes. It was an oboe. OK, cool. Anyway, see, so you, you could hear that line on the top. Um, but the, the pacing is different, right? Uh, I mean, it, it was much slower and sort of statelier when it was Thorin giving it to Bilbo. Um, and it was it sounded it sounded quick. Like it's it's it sounded like they slowed it down just a little bit. You know, the the tempo and that had a really interesting effect, I think, on the you know, it's the same, but it the it's like now the context is different. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the Arkenstone, um, which once again, yeah. First time is when it's first revealed in the opening of an unexpected journey, right? Um, and the second occurrence is when they look at the car in the Desolation Smaug when they turn inside the hidden door and look at the carving of it above the door. Okay. Okay. The second mm. time, the second and time the, sounds sort of fuller, right? Am, am I right about that? Sort of the instrumentation a little bit fuller. Yes, I think I think the first time it was it it was higher, and because you're actually the the visual was actually looking directly at the stone mm -hmm. embedded mm -hmm. in 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 um, Thrall's throne, um, they tried to give it a much higher area, tinkly sort of sound. But the second time, when you're not actually seeing the stone, you're seeing a representation of the stone, they've toned that down significantly. So right. it is much deeper yeah. and is in a way fuller. Yeah. But I think, it, I think it is trying to represent that we're not seeing the actual thing at this point in time. We're just seeing a representation of it. Right, right. Cool, cool. Anyway, that's so that's, a... that's, just, that's just a little, a little, little lesson in light motifs. That the that Arkenstone theme is pretty iconic. That one, like whenever the minute you mentioned that was one of the examples we discussed, I heard it in my I heard it in my my mind's ear, as it were. Yeah, that one kind of really. I, <clears throat> I haven't watched those films nearly as much as I've watched Lord of the Rings, but that one stuck with me for sure. Mm, mm. And yeah, but once again, it didn't appear a lot in the, in those movies. Right. Yeah, which is kind of that's kind of remarkable. So hey, mm. Nick, Nick Palazzo asked. Um, do we hear the mithril coat theme when it's uh, when Frodo reveals it in uh, in Moria when it's revealed that that's what saved his life? No, we don't. No, we don't. As I said, I, so I think it's more attached to 
to to the giving. Sorry, that was all my music books falling down to to the giving of the coat rather than the coat itself. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that is interesting. Yeah, and you know, uh, Nick is Nick. Nick says it goes to show how well associated it is because, like, he says, "I thought I literally remembered hearing it um, uh, there," and I was thinking of that too, Nick. Uh, you know, my first impulse was that we heard it there also, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The 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 kind of association that that builds. So the other thing that I really like about these two examples, Phil, is that we're not talking about like. A major thing, like like the Princess Leia theme that I mentioned, right from Star Wars, like that is played all the time because Princess Leia is on screen a lot, you know. And it's not just like it's automatic every time she comes in, but almost. I mean, it's it's it comes up a lot because it's associated with a major character, and we have some themes like that that are associated with major characters. Especially, we did a lot of work in season one associating particular themes with particular Valar, knowing that we were going to want to pay that off down the road, right? So that as particular the sort of the activity of as the Valar kind of recede into the background, they're still active, right? There is still a presence, even if even even when it's a sort of indirect presence uh, in Middle Earth. And so, you know, we're going to want to have when we see the eagles flying in the sky, we're going to want to play the Manway theme, right? We're going to want to remember the Manway theme. Um, you know, when we see the stars at night, you know, we're going to want to remember the Varda theme. I mean, that, that, that's going to, that's going to come up. Um, there's all kinds of moments where I can imagine uh, the Varda theme being relevant, you know, thinking about the, I don't mean like when people are singing the uh, Elbereth Gilthoniel song, but like, at times that are kind of like the uh, Elbereth Gilthin. I mean, like times when someone is crying out for help and really hoping that somebody is listening, right, to be able to have, you know, the the Varda right. theme that we can kind of go to and point to. So, um, you know, we have those kind of sort of major things. But again, I, what I really am interested in about your examples from uh, from Howard Shore, the Arkenstone theme uh, and the giving of the Mithril Coat theme, those are very restricted they're very distinctive right and and it's clear how he's playing on that but it's you know happens once in you know two times in the whole trilogy basically that you know that entire thing um so that is you know it's that that we can be thinking about things in those ways and we've done you know some of that stuff like uh i'm thinking of the um the uh, dragon helm of Dorloman theme that we, you know, that, that mm-hmm. we, you, you did in first season four, right. There are definitely going to be some things. I'm definitely, I'm going to go ahead and call the fact that we're going to need an Anglachel theme, uh, right. A black, uh. a black sword theme that clearly is going to have to happen. That's still a little bit still down the road, but talk about your inanimate objects that need theme music, right? I mean, that is a big one. Um, yes, yes, so, that's right. And maybe even Narsal. Yeah. 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 A Narsal theme I think would be really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Um, oh, my, 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 my sort of final rule, which was on the last page, was I've just got this personal rule that I'm not going to use any pianos, uh, piano instrumentation at this time. I sort of I transgressed that right at the beginning. If you have a listen to my um, Neonor um, track, I've got piano in there, but I think I did that bef- before 
before I'd sort of thought it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Bob White has piano in it, but that's only a joke anyway. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, um, that, that's the theme that doesn't exist, in fact. So uh, that's perfectly what That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, so I've got this sort of personal rule that I'm not going to do any piano instrumentation until we get to Numenor because I just don't have the feeling that this society is technologically advanced enough to have an instrument, a complicated instrument such as such as a piano forte. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sauron was able to uh, create his hurdy gurdy, his evil hurdy gurdy, in the last season. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I've just got this. I've just got this rule that I'm trying to trying to go by, um, and I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm always thinking of projecting into the future like in in last season i did a little tiny motif um at the hiding of Valinor for which i've called wingalot um which is projecting which is going to be part of the the big theme for our end in many many seasons time so i'm always always thinking about 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 that sort of thing what can sort of lead to other themes in the future and i'm already thinking about a, a theme called the land of the gift Mm-hmm. And we'll just have five notes. Nice. nice. Just have five piano notes, and right. and that will be the theme that that the the music will be based around these five piano notes. Cool, cool. But yeah. I figured that Numenor is when is when we really get that grandeur, and and they're the people who are capable of producing an instrument like this. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> not not. Not, not that that, not that we will show pianos in the in the courts, um, but I feel that there there will be a stronger association for mm-hmm. pianos with Numenor than with than with anyone else. Yeah, you're right. You're, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it, your whole society has to be in a particular place for you to make pianos, right? I mean, like that's that's. It's not that the, you know, Noldor are incapable of inventing a piano, but the Noldor in Beleriand, like, who's going to make a piano, right? Like, that's, you don't, that, again, you, you have to, you have to be in a certain place for that. And the Numenorians, I agree. They, there you've got the, 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 the time, the place, the opportunity. Um, if anyone's going to, if anyone's going to have, you know, uh, um, you know, chamber music with, you know, harpsichord or piano, it's going to be the mm. Numenorians, right? That makes perfect sense to yep. me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so look, what, one of the things, one of the things I'd be really pleased of during during the session for all, all the people who are listening, is to um, is to write write comments and make suggestions for for um, as something comes to you, what would be um, a good a good piece of music for season five. Um, or even as we talk about where themes for season five are going to lead us in in future seasons, just just put that in the comments, um, because this 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 session is um, is these sorts of sessions are really good for creative people for inspiration. Um, yeah. Yep. So I, I rely I rely a lot on on you, Corey and Dave and and Trish when she was here for for putting forward ideas. Oh, it'd be really good if we had a musical theme for this. Yeah. And that would be what, what would get my creative juices starting to work. Excellent. 
Excellent. Well, let's st start yeah. talking about some of the major ideas that we we know we're going to need. And of course, the first primary one is men. But, you know, the introduction of of men is the 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 biggest new thing, right? In season five. Um, so going back to the elves, we had. If I remember correctly, there was like a general elf theme, but then each of the three major houses of the elves had their sort of separate themes, which were all connected back to the overall theme. Or was or was it just the three which were related together? It was just the three. I had I've, I've never actually produced this, but I had the, um, and, and I, I always have the intention of going back and filling in the gaps. One of the gaps that I would fill in would be the awakening of the elves, Equivian right. and. Right, um, right, and I just have this this sound in my head of um, of just just a single just three note call, and and that's really a call for the elves to elves to awaken. Right. So I re I really latched onto those three three, three successive notes, um, and each of the three themes for the elves for um, uh, the Vanya, the Nolder, or the Teleri all start with those with three notes repeated mm -hmm. um so that was how i linked them back but yes i'd love to go back and do a and do, and do a uh waking up at quivian and right um, right and, uh, and putting together a sort of an overall um you know people of the yes. stars theme yeah yes it would probably be in that and be and be heavily Related to Quiviannon, or possibly even to the, if we ever do any scenes with the Avari, um, because they're sort of still locked in that in that time and place, right. and they haven't seen the light. Right. So, so, so yeah, that's that's the sort of thing thing that I that I may do. Right. But yeah, so the three notes, and you'll find throughout my music that you'll continually hear those those three notes um, being played. I did that a lot in the Oath of Fainor. Um, I really wanted to get across that this was a that that that, that was an elvish oath, mm -hmm. and it was the elves who were making, and it was really associated with with them. Right, I, I remember the the sort of the overtones of the Noldor theme in the Curse of Feanor uh, song, mm. um, but but I'm forgetting now. I remember you explained before ways in which you were kind of twisting it right which you kind of uh, uh, uh kind of taking that uh noldor theme and kind of altering it through the oath yes 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 um that's right that's that this is the noldor theme one two three mm -hmm. um and yes yes uh, and we moved that into a minor key when when um, they started to become a bit more militaristic and start to focus on building weapons and armor. So that became. Right. Um, and then and and then I had actually planned this right from the beginning, right in the middle of it. We we got this, which is very which is Morgoth's triad. Yes. So the became so the the that, that the Morgoths tried in the middle. A, that's right. That's right. Morgoths tried in the old or were, and I planned that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That was the that was the part. Especially, I, I thought there was a key change, but it was the insertion of the of the Morgoth triad that I was. I didn't remember exactly, but that's 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 what I was recalling. Um, yeah, cool. Very cool yeah. stuff. Okay, so yeah, they're the sorts of cool things you can do. Oh, one thing I didn't say about the Oath of Feanor is that when I wrote it last year, I wanted to be really full. Um, have a really full choral sound and I did six parts and then I'd nearly completed and I said what the hell am I thinking of it needs seven, seven parts. parts absolutely seven parts yes. so I quickly added a seventh part <laughs> yeah. so the dynamic that we now have with the oath of Fainal is that every time a son of Fainal dies one part drops off right right Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I was going to say, I, I was going to make a joke how you were just originally anticipating the death of Amrod, basically, with your six-part version. Or, you know, Amrod that's not right. being 100%, uh, you know, uh, invested in it. But, uh, yeah. And in the end, we just have Mag- Maglor wandering the shores of Middle-earth, single voice with a harp. Right, right, right. Awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. So there's lots of cool things you can do with music. Yeah, yeah. No, I so, love this. I love the, the 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 narrative involvement here and thinking about these different ways we can do. Um, let me actually say, before we get any further, because I want to make sure I remember to say this later on. Um, since we're doing the script outlines and everything and discussing our way through those in advance this time, so like we already have... Well, one and a half, uh, maybe one and two thirds episodes uh, already discussed and, and, and kind of agreed upon. You know what I think would be really cool, Phil? I think it'd be really cool uh, for you to go through and do like a very, like n- 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 not like super detailed, but just like a little kind of annotation, right? To kind of mention uh, like particular themes that would come in at particular points in this, you know, cause it's, it's, it's a list of scenes, you know, and what happens in those scenes. So it's not like it's going to be a, you know, a full, um, uh, you know, a full scoring of the thing, but, uh, but just mm. to kind of mention like, okay, we definitely want to make sure that this theme appears here and, an idea, I, I, I think it'd be really, really fun to have a kind of annotation yeah, yeah, uh, of that. That'd be really, that'd be really neat. Okay. Okay. I'll spend some time doing that and I'll, and I'll send that your way, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. yeah, that that'd be that'd be that'd be awesome. Anyway, okay, so so let's talk about the houses of men. So like the we the you know have the three um you know the three peoples uh of the Eldar, we have the three houses of the Adain, the house of Beor, the house of Haleth, and the house of Hador. Now, um again as I recall, there was uh there was a, a basic um pattern that the Vanyar, Noldor, and Teleri themes all had in common, right? They, they had different variations. They, right? they had those three notes. Right. They all started with those three notes. Right, right. Um, and that were different. They were, the note, starting note, even though the starting note was the same, I shifted the keys around them so that they never started on the same note in, in, in a given, say, major scale. So, so for, for, the, for, for, for the Vanyar... Um, it was it started on the third note for the the scale for the Noldor it started on the fifth note of the scale mm-hmm. um, for the Teleri I think it started on the dominant on the sorry on the on on, on the first note of the, right. of, of, the, of the scale so I changed it around that way but they all had that in different in different tempos um, 
Um, but 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 yes, the the the, the Vanyar, I really picked up on the Vanyar's um, um, uh, adoration um, of Manway and Vada. So it was it was a very hymn-like piece of music, um, with 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 very traditional um, choral uh, choral hymn a four-part harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Noldor was was much faster. It was a... Right. an instacato so it was really reflecting their their crafting ability and their intricacy um and then the and then the teleri what i focused on was the wave after wave of teleri across the continent as they got slowed um and that and and that that was a um uh it was it had a lot of repetition in it so the um uh what are, what are they? And then that would repeat, da 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 da, and it would repeat another instrument would repeat that, da 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 da. So lots of repetition, repetition, right. repetition. Get right. that idea of a wave on wave on wave coming over the continent. So that those were the three things that things that I chose at, that that would represent the the three um, kindreds of the elves um, well. But when it came to the houses of men and listening to the discussions on the houses of men, they're not so clear cut. No, they're not, they're, they're not so clear cut, and there's and to me it's sort of there's there's less of a distinction between men than there is between elves, at least in this part of the story. Yeah, so yeah, just, I mean, wanted to, just wanted to know what what to focus on. I'm 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 not totally lost. I've got some ideas. But, yeah, well, um, one of the things that that was, so I guess there there are two different questions that I find myself thinking about. One is thinking about the kind of characteristics of each individual theme, right? You know, to kind of what are some of the things that we would want to try to capture in those three themes. And the second thing that I would, um, is like how, how they would, how they would come together. Like what, you know, cause we do need to show that these are all, these are the three kindred of the Adine, right? That there, there are connections among, uh, these three, um, and I'm not sure exactly, you know, we could do it with a similar kind of, you know, a repetition of a particular pattern of notes or of a particular, um, you know, sort of harmony or, or, or chords or something like that, you know, that we could use to kind of bind them together. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know that we would want to do it exactly the same way that we did for the elves, but maybe something similar. I mean, the connection between the elvish themes is sufficiently subtle, I think, that we could do a similar thing without uh, it seeming merely repetitious. Um, but maybe maybe we just sort of start off with the individual themes first and then think about putting them together. So um, to, of the three, the House of Haleth seems simplest to me, uh, sure. determination, yes, uh, indomitability is what I would say we want for the House of Haleth, right? The House of Haleth is, uh, you know, the, with the, this sort of iron will, you know, going to go their own way no matter who tells them what, right? That's that's kind of, to me, the central theme and concept for the House of Haleth. Um, uh, so, I I don't know how to translate that into music, but that's exa- that's the that's that's the thing that I would uh, that I would and so, so something that shows like the steadiness, right? Continuing on, uh, no matter what happens, um, 
so it would need it would I'm 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 kind of imagining it with a it's got to have a a sort of a regular beat to it, right? You know that it's it's just yep. it, it just keeps driving on. Um, I think I as think, little ornament as little ornamentation as possible. Not fancy, yeah, not at all. This is the least fancy of all of the three, because the House of Bear and the House of Hodor are both going to become quite fancy in their own ways, right? Um, the House of Hodor is going to be beers of elven kings, and the House of Beor are going to be, you know, fancy. Uh, you know, Nargothrond dwellers, at least for a while. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah, I know the House of Haleth is the the simplest theme. Uh, and, do you have any immediate... And it is going to settle, it is going to settle down in the end to yes. w- when they finally make it to the Forest of Brethel. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're content. Yes. And they're not going anywhere else, and they've got a very pastoral uh, type lifestyle going there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick is thinking of maybe the constant repetition of a bass note throughout the throughout the, throughout the House of Haleth song might uh, uh, sort of convey the, the sort of the steadiness of of their of their journey. But I agree. Contentment at the end, because um, they are going to settle down and be content, though they're they're never going to be fancy. Right. They are the simplest of all of the peoples as far as ornamentation and stuff is concerned so uh so definitely um as i say that that to me seems the easiest the house of haleth i conceptually i think is uh is pretty straightforward mm. um the house of hador um i would go so heroic yeah i mean it's true that like most of the greatest heroes uh i mean i mean of course baron is a big ex- a big exception but uh there are a lot of big heroes right uh in the um in the House of Hador. Uh, so a more heroic theme. I like the militant idea. I, I, I think that of the three of them, they are by far the most military of all of them. So something that is that sounds actually um, uh, military in the sense of army music, literally, like, you know, marching music uh, is something that I could see. Not only because... That's sort of more their style. They are the ones who are going to form an army, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, uh, you know, be serving, you know, alongside the armies of, uh, of, of Fingon up there in the north. Uh, the only, of the, I mean, the House of Beor is going to be end up fighting in Dorthonian, but they don't fight in an army in the same way. They're they're you know, um, more rangers than soldiers. Um, but. Um, but so yeah, so they're definitely the most military ones, and also the size of them, right? The, you know, the, the way that this kind of like marching music uh, conveys the idea of a large group. Now, of course, the irony of um, having something, um, uh, you know, military associated with the House of Hador is that it's also the most deeply divided internally of all of the houses. So, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to convey the idea of the House of Hador all marching in step because that certainly isn't the case all along. Um, but of course, here is where we can bring in some of our, I mean, we have, um, we have themes for conflict and division, right? Um, from mm. earlier seasons. So, you know, to be able to kind of take, you know, that leitmotif combined with the uh, you know the 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 theme of the House of Hador um, could work really well around the council, for instance, in the big debate. Um, mm-hmm. You know about mm-hmm. what they do. 
actually talk, talk talking of debate um yes we we've actually got a new um a, a new composer on board oh right um yeah megan megan um she's she's only a new only only reasonably new and she's been doing a lot of catching up um but she's posted a couple of couple of tracks and one of them is to represent the the great debates of the of the noldor sorry oh. not of the noldor of the valor oh great um so yeah 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 so i'm i'm talking with her about how to how to present it um and to sort of bring it into the fold of the of the rest of the music so that people don't have to go to different places to find them um yep yeah, yeah so i'll be discussing with her um the development as well and we'll sort of we'll sort of divvy up tasks we don't don't want to don't want to um um uh, yeah d uh duplicate duplicate what we're doing but we also wanted to wanted to to want the music that both of us do to work together yeah that's great that's great well welcome megan so, great so okay. yeah so we've got a debate we've got a debate theme that we that, cool. that the valet use and we can insert that into the neat into, into that council neat yeah i like that i like that a lot um hey actually that reminds me in a very indirect way um do you see any kind of uh, sort of consistent change in instrumentation perhaps to convey the difference between elves and men is there is there something in the quality of the music that would kind of convey like this is mortal music compared to the music of the elves i don't know if that would be done by instrumentation or uh some other element um i'm just i'm just kind of wondering if there's um mm. you know if, if there's a way that we could capture because i mean these this is I mean, humans come in, this is something completely different, right? It's such a major thing. It's not just like we have the three original houses of the elves and now we have three other houses and they happen to be human, right? It's, it, I feel like to some extent, it almost feels like there should be some kind of really, like this is different now, you know, quite different. Um, well, I, I throw I that out. Gone down that, yeah. I haven't gone down that far. Um, ethereal sounding sort of sort of very high coral um above everything gets gets that across really really well i think um howard shaw used that with lothlorien when they're actually in lothlorien mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and had that very high coral sound above 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 the theme um incidentally he did very successfully turn that theme into a militaristic theme when the elves arrived at helm's deep at helm's deep right right exactly, right exactly the same theme but just had that bum 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 ba -da -dum, bum 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 right uh, very very strong militaristic but exactly the same thing um so it's possible that that's really possible to change the sound of a of of, of, a, of a melody or a piece of music um to get across a totally different idea yeah yeah, I would just be interested to see if there's a way that that could be done. I mean, because, of course, it would have to be something that would be consistent. But I, I've got to think if we could do that, it would really pay off. Right. If like down the road we can have like if people can hear no matter what the theme is, like oh, that's a human theme, that's an elvish theme. Right. You know, I, I there are lots of ways I can imagine that paying off in really interesting ways down the road. I mean, like, not least at the last alliance, right? You know, with, uh, they're, they're, and, you know, with Numenor, uh, you know, this, all along the way, there's going to be mm. opportunities for, um, you know, to sort of create an elvish feel, right, versus a human feel for, um, 
you know, for events and what's happening. That example, actually, of the, you know, Haldir and the elves showing up at the, and the elves showing up at the Battle of Helm's Deep um, uh, in the movies is a really great one because it's, it's, that is super effective, right? When that theme mm-hmm. plays, I mean, I, I could hear it in my head as soon as you mentioned it, right? Um, it, it is, it is enormously powerful that like, and now like, wow, all of a sudden elves are here, right? And you get that feeling of, oh my goodness, it not just, it's allies, not just it's help, but it's elves, right? It's elvish help um, is, uh, is, is a really powerful effect. And I really, I really put that down to Howard Shore and what he did there. Um, so it would be, it would be really cool um, uh, to, uh, uh, to have something. Now there are a couple of people who are suggesting um, uh, perhaps some, you know, maybe some different tonal systems uh, or modes uh, for the different races, um, you know, would be would be one way to uh, to think about it. Um, you know, maybe something um, as um, Michael was suggesting, maybe uh, something like a more medieval mode rather than a modern tonality. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be interested to see how something like that, mm-hmm. you know, would uh would, would yes, and there and there, and there are different modes. I've I've really got to get my head around them more. There are different modes, like the Lydian mode right. in, in music, um, and there um, and it 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 sort of pushes pushes the scale up. Um, so, so 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 you get these really interesting um, overtones at particular parts of the scale. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll have to research more and and really really get my head wrapped around Lydian mode and some of those other ones and uh, and and see if they're going to be appropriate. Um, see yeah. see if they're going to work for the for for the for any of these three themes. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring up bring up modal questions later on uh, on a different topic, but um, <laughs> but yeah, and and a couple of people are suggesting you know some sort of trends in instrumentation also to, to sort of convey, you know, that associate certain instruments, uh, you know, dominantly Mm -hmm. with elves versus, uh, versus men. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I think, so yeah, Stephen H had mentioned the military, uh, theme associated with the house of Hodor. And I I really agree with that. Um, and that certainly is Mm -hmm. something that can be adapted if we have like a sort of a general, uh, kind of, heroic military theme for them that's easy easy to be adapted into the particular themes of important characters like Hador uh and Huor and um and, and Turin of course uh you know yeah. eventually and you know so um that will be um um a flexible yeah. baseline i would think to, to you know to go yeah. from yeah. the broadly military to the specifically heroic, right? The, the sort of, you know, with, with particular characters, um, yeah. uh, yeah. the yes, yes, I would expect, I, Sorry, yeah, I would expect that, that those themes to be able to, to be heard again with Huron, um, and with Turin and with Tuor, um, rather than inventing new themes for them. Um, it, it will be a way of really, of helping the audience root them back into this particular house, right? Um, right. Rather than sort of thinking, oh, who's who's this guy? And we're like, I missed last season. Which, which where did he come from? Right. Um, the music will help help them relate 
those those people back into that particular house. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's going to be important. And of course, we do have to be thinking ahead towards the particular characters, the particular very important characters whose themes are going to emerge from this. Right. Um, uh, you know, down to Tuor and Arendelle, uh, of course, from the House of Hador, um, but also Beor, you know, mingling that in there. Um, of course, with the House of Beor, I, I think we have to think first and foremost about the Baron theme, right? I mean, he's the most important member of the House of Beor. Um, but I think we're going to want an Andreth theme, too, aren't we? Andreth kind of feels like she needs a theme. She's going to be an important character uh, in this. Uh, and, of course, that would be a fun way to introduce her. Holy cow. We talked because we're going to have, like, a pediatric Andreth in uh, episode one, right? She's going to be, like, four, uh, in episode one. So we can introduce her theme there, like, you know, when she's asking questions of Beor there in, in episode one, when he's, you know, leading the kindergarten field trip there uh, en route. Um, and then we can tie that to, you know, when we come back and we see teenage Andreth again uh, in uh, episode two, you know, we, that we can we can help to kind of tie that without having to. Oh, sorry, that's Adonel. Andreth is later. That's anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm forgetting. Yeah, but... yeah, point taken. I think the first time we, we see um, Andreth is um, related to Adonel. Right, right. Yeah. So and after, actually, it would after... be interesting. They could even share a thing, like to have like the wise mm-hmm. woman theme, right? That Adonel and yeah. Andreth could, uh, could even, or, or, you know, maybe different, uh, slightly different versions of them. I would think that they're, mm-hmm. they would be associated together uh, with that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Actually, there are a lot of things that could be done with that. In fact, um, that's right, and it sort of le- leads us on to I think I think what's on what 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 we're going to discuss, which is sort of the mingling of elves and men. Yes, which definitely. will be very very important. <laughs> very important. But, yeah. But, but, but yeah, my, my my question there around the House of Haddle was. Um, when when I read the Silmarillion, um, particularly in those in those scenes set in Hithlam after the annoyed sorry after the Battle of Unnumbered Tears, excuse yeah. my uh, quenya, um, <laughs> after the Battle of Unnumbered Tears, that that sort of feel um, is very Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with the with 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 the landscape um, with the like like the the, the equivalent to the Mead halls. Um, reminded mm-hmm. me so much of the Rohirrim, but just without the horses. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, and I and I think Tolk that they came with Tolkien, they came from the same root. Um, but 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 yeah, the Rohirrim just have just have the that horsiness and that horsey feel. And I mentioned that horsey feel to the music, right. um, which um, in the in 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 the in, in the in the two towers. Um, uh, yep, their, their their theme is has a very um, definite horsey feel to it, and Lotro have done the same thing with their Rohan music. Um, they've got the, which right. is uh, timing all the way through their music, which is very very similar to to Empty Hearts of Coconuts being banged together. <laughs> right, right, exactly. At least if you do it properly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I. Uh, um, 
I agree. As as uh, Tony Mead said, Rohan without horses is basically Mercia. Uh, it's, it's 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 Anglo-Saxon, right? I mean, it's yeah, you know, that's that's uh, exactly right. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and I, I agree with you. That's something that I found really striking. Uh, it, it never really jumped out at me so much before until I read. The Children of Hurin, like the first time it was all put together as one big fat novel and not just something I was reading or jumping around multiple books in. Um, the Anglo-Saxon feel of the culture of the House of Hador is so much clearer uh, in that work. You know, the, you know, the ancestral hall that Broda has now taken over. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, and the, the scenes with young Turin coming before Hurin and the giving of the knife and all of those kinds of scenes that we get uh, in the children of Hurin, um, uh, you know, that, that are not a part of the published Silmarillion story, of course, though they're in unfinished tales. Um, but again, this, the, the feel of that is so much more, I agree with you, um, so much more Anglo-Saxon uh, that, uh, I, I mean, I think that that's certainly worth exploring um, for the House of Hador. I've been avoiding talking about the House of Beor because I don't have a clear idea for the House of Or rather, I guess, I guess my problem is, if I had to define the House of Beor... I, f- I worry about creating too much work for you um, <laughs> because it's get, like it's going to start off one way. Right. It's going to change when they it's got to change when they go. So there's got to be the House of Bayor theme has to have three different styles. Right. The episode one, we're on the road seeking the light in the West style. Right. Um, the, we now live in Nargothrond and we are civilized house pets of the elves of Nargothrond style, you know, which is, uh, I think would, should be the most ornate of all three, but also with an air of like melancholy to it, right? Because it's unfulfilled. It's, it's, you know, they're, although not intentionally, they're being held back. And then, of course, when they go up, uh, you know, to Ladros, uh, they're, they change again, right? And now they become, they become active, they become militant, not military exactly, but they become active and they become hunters and, um, uh, and, 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 you know, training to become warriors. Um, So it should be the same theme, but, I feel like there are th- there 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 are going to be three very different versions of that theme, which are going to need to be. De- so I I hesitate <laughs> to, to, to that feels like a lot to ask, especially since the first of the three is only shows up in one episode, and the other one, the second one, gets a couple episodes, and uh, you know, but um, uh, it just. Um, yeah, yeah. Now Tony is suggesting that it this that could perhaps be uh, you could have one theme played in three different modes, mm, mm, which seems mm. uh, that seems like a, an interesting way to uh, to mm. to do it. Uh, James Oakley was suggesting he says maybe go from a theme with ornate harmony that gets whittled down to one solo, uh, solo instrument playing the theme. Um, uh, yeah, it could be done with instrumentation. Um, I would definitely think the Nargothrond version would be, at the one hand, the I get the most ornate, the fanciest, right? The most complex. Um, 
and yet melancholy, right? Um, mm -hmm. Slow, sad, um, and then simplifying or or I don't know, James. I'm kind of thinking solo instrument for the first theme, right? Like the one clear solitary vision as they're going through and then it gets complicated and sad and then becomes um, more, I don't know, choral, maybe? Um, anyway, I'm not sure. Uh, but this is, this, fortunately, this is not my job to figure that out. I'll just throw out ideas. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, a modal shift could be really interesting. Um, Michael kind of likes that idea. It was said it would, uh, you know, the theme stays roughly the same, but the harmony changes with the mode. Um, uh, so yeah, it'd be like, could be interesting, right? We're in Nargothrond, so Mixolydian in Nargothrond, and then, you know, I don't know, Dorian for mm. afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, my memory of the musical modes mm. is uh, uh, sketchy. It's been a long time since uh, freshman year music theory class in college. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. But we're we're really not going to hear the the House of Baal theme beyond beyond Baron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah, as as a house, they are gone. I mean, possibly with um, isn't um, one of um. Um, toward or um, or sorry, to to so, no, sorry, Huron or Huor's wives isn't one of them from the House of Baal. Yeah, and I don't know how we want to handle that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, so the wives are from the House of uh, the, the House of Baor. Um, so Morrowind's theme is going to be a House of Baor theme, right? That's going to be another really important one. Um, uh, not in this season, but later on, um, will yeah. it, I mean, yeah. that it will become important later on. Um, yeah. and maybe in, in, in a very sad way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Given, given her eventual fate and really, and really, yeah, they then become like Turin's then a, then a part of the house of Hador rather than, rather than Baal from, from that point. Yeah. Yeah. We're going mm. to need mm. a, a way to bring, Hmm. Well, I think the um, the it's probably a good time to talk about script one. And one of the things that I did love about script one was the song "The Light of the West." Yes, uh, at least the words, at least the words of of "The Light of the West," which I think I think Rhiannon has ha, has written. Mm -hmm. um, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, I was quite taken by it, and that's that's the sort of thing that gets your inspiration going. Um, and I think the suggestion has been made that um, maybe maybe the tune of that song should become the become the theme for the House of Baal. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, that I could easily. I mean, I, I would think That's... that their song would have to be involved in the, you know, their, their theme would have to be involved in that song for sure. Mm. Mm. And yeah. it's a very and it's and it would be a very traditional um, a traditional piece of folk piece of music um so you're not looking at complicated right um we can but we can add all as i said we can add ornamentation for for when they are in are in nagathrond mm -hmm. um and and it can it can become sad when when the time needs it for needs for it to make that change um cool. but, but yeah something some, something simple so, something something more more like a folk song 
um, and we can beef that up into into huge, with huge instrumentation when the when when the need arises. Cool, cool. I'm oh, reminded yeah, I, of the yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony says he's already uh, he's already done a demo of the music of that, uh, so that's already mm. that's already in the works. Um, I look forward to reviewing that. We're we're just talking about concepts today. I, if I, if I get too distracted and listening to actual pieces today. We're never going to have any prayer of ending anything like on time. So, uh, but 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 yeah, I, I really look forward to that. I think I, I, that's going to be awesome, Tony. I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, yes, I'm glad you did that. I did. I did message Tony. I thought that this was right up. Right, this was Tony's style. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so thinking forward, then the theme of the season. This is a this is a this is a tricky one, right? Um, change. We were able to do a sort of a series of themes based on last year's theme, right? Last season's theme. The, you know, the theme of reconciliation. We had the, you know, uh, division and reconciliation and forgiveness. And, you know, so we're kind of working out the different sort of stages of that whole process with related but, uh, you know, but separate themes. The theme of change is not exactly amenable to that in the same way, I think, you know, right. I mean, because it's, it's about, it's not a separate thing. It's about how other things are affected. Right. Um, so it seems almost like the way to, to capture the theme of change from season five is not to have a new theme for that concept, but to do something to the themes, if you see what I mean, right? Uh, to indicate that change. And of course, one of the things that I'm thinking now, I'm not saying we don't have a change theme. We could have a change theme um, uh, in particular, but um, but I don't know. I I, uh, I like, I think it was Marie's suggestion um, that one of the things we would want to try to capture um, musically would be something of the tension between the elf perspective and the human perspective, right? Um, uh, you know, some kind of like duet of, you know, sort of like long, slow notes and and a rapidly uh, moving line, uh, you know, on the other hand, which is playing whole, uh, you know, whole... Uh, melodic arcs, right during the time when the other one is 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 you know has barely changed from one note to another, you know. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. Obviously, you know, you can come up with better ways to do it, but something like that to kind of convey this tension, right? The tension between the you know the the sort of presumption on the one hand of things remaining the same expectation really on the part of the elves, um, expectation and presumption shifting to like actual desire to hold on to things, right? Actual desire for things not to change. This is something that's going to be really important for Turgon, of course, down the road, right? So, you know, maybe we have, um, um, maybe what I'm thinking of here is actually a, um, uh, is actually a, a theme for resistance to change, right? Um, we're going to want that for sure. But just like encountering change and the newly um, accelerated pace of the world, 
that's the kind of core theme of the season, right? That's kind of the main thing that's happening behind the scenes when men and the, you know, the arrival of men is, is, you know, just sort of exaggerating that phenomenon all the way through. So, um, I think, I think that'd work. I think that'd work well. I'm just sort of thinking about it now. Um, and thinking that, yes, you could have something that is, that is low, um, possibly in the base, um, and is moving very slowly and on top of that you could have something that is is more changeable is a little bit more erratic in nature mm-hmm. um and is played by higher instruments but you would you would start with with the one with 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 the low one the the immovable one and gradually the other one would and it would just be a matter of right. the volume change between between the two and depending on the scene if you've got a scene in um in gondolin then it's completely the unchanging slow 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 theme right. but if you've got a, th- a scene which is just men you can do just the just 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 the ornamental uh quickly changing tune and in those times when there is conversation then you can have one melody changing uh over coming up over the other depending on how the conversation is going yeah 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 i have to admit that this is the place where i was thinking about modes and things and wondering Mm -hmm. if if one of the ways in which we could convey the idea of change is through modulations of themes, right? Modulating, not just modulating in key, but modulating in mode, actually kind of shifting. So that, again, it's the same thing, you know, because that the change, I mean, for people who aren't familiar with musical modes, the shift can be really subtle, right? When you're changing from one mode to another, it it just changes the harmonic patterns a little bit. It's, like, mostly the same, but it doesn't sound quite exactly the same. Um, and that might be one way to convey, um, you know, having, having places where that's, where that's changing, um, uh, might be a really interesting, um, uh, mm-hmm. wait, I don't know. So that was the other point, but of course, if we're going to, if we're going to mess with modes, uh, for, you know, human versus elves and stuff, then we probably wouldn't want to do that. But, uh, cause then it would just sound like we're shifting back and forth between different, uh, you know, different peoples or something, which isn't exactly what we'd be doing. But, but I was, when I was just kind of thinking about how would we, um, yeah, just the, the the difference between having a particular change theme and having change be a function, like a thing that happens to the themes, uh, you know, in a way to kind of convey that mm-hmm. musically. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, just I'll some... do a bit of experimentation with that and see and see what I come up with. Yeah, I, most of my musical ideas are completely. Th- I have no idea how they would sound. I just <laughs> like kind of throwing stuff out there. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I do know. I did a little, a little bit of um, that in Manway's theme last year, um, mm-hmm. and the resistance is uh, futile. Is that what I called it? No, resistance no, is fruitful. fruitful. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> fruitful. No. Um, there is yeah. a fruitful, fruitful uh, piece of music which had Manway's theme played um, in a um, in a different mode. It wasn't in a different key. It was in a different mode, um, which meant some of the uh, some of the intervals between notes were slightly changed, and that's. But but if you think a bit bit like what they did, did in um, what um, 
uh, jo- uh, sorry, what, what happened in um, Empire Strikes Back with mm-hmm. Yoda's theme. Yoda's theme is yeah. very much like that. It plays yeah. one mm-hmm. way and it plays in a different mode higher up. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so thinking about okay. the next point, the elf-human romance mm. issue, I'm now thinking the kind of counterpoint not exactly counterpoint that's totally the wrong word but the the two like the one long slow sustained melody and then the rapid quick moving melody the elf human thing i think that what i'm thinking of there or rather i'm thinking the 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 general kind of thing that i'm thinking of there seems to me actually might actually work better not as a trying to convey change but trying to convey to be like an elf human interaction theme, right? Like elf meets human theme. Um, Because that, of course, is going to be something we're going to want a lot of. And, of course, it would be really fun if, for instance, Finrod plays that theme on his harp, right? Uh, When, you know, something like that, we can kind of hear that theme in in his, uh, you know, in his harp music when, you know, when first he picks that up in episode one. Um, But... uh, but to have this have this um, this kind of interaction, and the, the reason I'm thinking of that is that that's something that could then be adapted for the elf human romance um, themes, right? Um, we're going to want a theme for Andreth and Ignor. We're going to want, of course, a theme for Baron and Luthien. We're going to want a theme for Tuor and Idril. Um, but uh, we're going to want a theme uh, for. Um, uh, for for Turin and Finduilas as well. Um, mm. And so I mm. think if, if we can develop a kind of motif, right, a, um, an encounter, not just a like, hi, how are you meeting, but, a, a, you know, a real encounter between elf and, and humans. So something like Finrod and Beor, right, would would get a version of this theme. Um uh, uh, we, Lendl and Gilgalad would get a version of this theme, right? Um, any kind of, and then of course it will all come together in Aragorn and Arwen, of course, finally, uh, in the end. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, if the sort of romance version of it, uh, you know, if the, if, if, if the love version of it could be a kind of, uh, a, you know, a kind of, uh, version or you know a, a particular turn of that general thing to you know that because it just it seems to me that I think it would be wonderful if we could have a a reminder this is something that I think it's easy to lose sight of kind of viscerally right um, on screen this I felt this several times in the Lord of the Rings films right like it's it's so easy to begin to see, you know, Peter Jackson has to go pretty far out of his way to try to fight against just seeing Aragorn and Arwen as like yet another couple whose dad, where the dad gets in the way, right? I mean, it's to to be able to retain the sense of strangeness, like, holy cow, this is, um, you know, human and elf getting married. This is as bizarre as unusual as alien as you know transgressive 
as like a you know meeting a fairy queen in the woods you know like happens in Smith of Wooten Major and that kind of thing right or you know many medieval stories um it has to have that element right like um almost almost like not quite this not the same character not the same you know uh, characteristic quite um but um but almost the same character of like Greek mythology right of like um uh What's his name? Um, Aeneas's dad. Blanking. I'm doing horribly with names lately. I was forgetting some obvious names last night, too. Um, uh, begins with an A. Darn it, I can't remember Aeneas's dad's name. Anyway, when he, uh, um, when he met Venus, you know, when he meets Aphrodite, um, and, you know, like that, that kind of, like, a mortal who you know, encounters, uh, you know, has a romantic encounter with a, with a Greek goddess. That's the kind of, there, ha, there has to be an element of that, right? If, if we don't have an element of that, if we don't remember that the idea of a human and an elf getting together, Baron and Luthien getting together, um, you know, two or an Idril getting together, it has to be like that, right? It has to have, has to retain that strangeness, that magic, that, miracle right that uh you know kind of craziness serialness yeah yeah it's not just anchises thank you tony for crying out loud anchises yes that's his name thank you um anyway so uh yeah yeah it's 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 gotta be it's gotta be something along those lines i anyway so if there's this the like two worlds collide theme right the human perspective and elvish perspective collide. If that seems to me like a version of this two completely different cultures meeting, which are operating on totally different wavelengths and therefore not really understanding each other. That's a major theme of season five. I think we need a theme for that. And I, you know, along the lines of what we've been talking about. And I think that that needs to be, the elf human romance theme needs to be rooted in that so that we can be recalling that this is a, this is a joining. It can be a harmonious joining, right? As with Baron and Luthien and as with the big three, basically, but um, uh, the big three couples, but, but, but it's always a joining from across a wide gulf. Um, And Andreth and Agnor needs to be, I don't think it needs to be disharmonious. We don't want to make it sound like that's just a horrible idea from the get-go, right? But if there's a way in which, like, it needs to, at the very least, it needs to lack resolution, right? I mean, it, it's got to be a, it's got to be unresolved, right? Because it is unresolved. Their, their relationship is unresolved. Their love is requited, but their relationship is, is, is unresolved. So um, that certainly we need to be able to, we need to try to capture that. Um mm. Anyway, yes, you did you did say last you did say last year when we discussed the music for the Merith Adathad, and I suggested that we have some nice sort of fae, introduced to fairy, yeah. fairy, and you said sort of no, we need to do that as a counterpoint between elves and men. So this season is the season that we need to bring in that touch of fairy into into the elvish music, um, because we're now contrasting between the more grounded music of men yes against the against the immortal um and mysterious nature of elves right right exactly and that the place for that like the the most 
the most fairy that the elf themes ever get, I would think, would have to be Luthien at the Baron and Luthien encounter, right? I mean, Baron's encounter with Luthien is the most fairy story in every way, fairy story, right? Uh, moment in the whole Silmarillion. You know, that's the, it is the classic human man stumbling through the wood comes across fairy princess, you know, dancing like that's, that's iconic, right? That is, that is, that is the iconic fairy tale moment. Um, uh, and that's really, so, so yeah, that's kind of what we're building towards in a sense. Right. But that's the, the deepest version of it. So whatever, um, whatever Dairon is playing on his flute right there, he is capturing the essence of that fairy theme. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so look, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've got some ideas around around yeah, mingling mingling two themes, and I've yeah sort of yeah. started working on something called the mingling. So I'll uh, I'll keep on working on that. Mm. Nice. Nice. Now you bring up another really interesting point. Do we have <laughs> this? Might get too confusing. But do we have a? Wouldn't it be interesting to try to capture the points of view musically? There are some times where our scenes are going to be operating from one point of view or the other, right? Like mm-hmm. elvish point of view and humans come in, right? And we're really trying to help the viewers to see the humans in the scene from the elvish point of view because the elvish perspective is kind of the frame of that scene and the other way around. Right when we're it's a human scene and then they encounter an elf. Um, I'm wondering if there could be themes for those, like human scene but from the elf point of view, an elf scene from like an elf theme as they look to humans, right? Uh, or like the effect that they have on humans, and a human theme like how they look. To, you know, so not their own like native themes as it were, right? Um, mm. But something to kind of capture how the humans look to elves and how the elves look to humans. See what I mean? It might mm. be. It might be. As I said, I, I can't help but think this might be asking a little much. But I, I think you can do that sort of thing with instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and if and and if we be, and there are already some associations of some instruments. Um, already in the body of work that that, that I have done, like right. flute with Manway, uh, right. the Glockenspiel with Varda. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if if I do make a shift towards uh, certain instruments to be used um, when Elvish themes are being played, it means that I can use those instruments to play a theme of men. Right. Or I can use more grounded instruments that we're used to hearing all the time when 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 it's a scene purely with the houses of men, and I can play that same theme with the elvish instruments in a sort of a higher register. Right, right, right. Cool. In a, in a little bit, in a little bit, when I merge the two themes, I merge the Noldor theme and the Teleri theme right. into the Gondolin theme. Um, and one way I started with that was to have the two different themes played by their respective instruments, and then I switched the instruments over so that the Teleri theme was being played by the Noldor instruments and the Noldor theme was played by the Teleri instruments. Right. And that slowly got them, got them mixing together. Right. 
Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. James uh, Oakley is also suggesting um, use of tempo uh, variations to to mm. suggest the the mm. to differentiate those perspectives as well. And yeah, I, I agree with James that tempo does seem particularly important under the circumstances when we're talking about the different perspectives of elves and men there. Um, yes. Uh, yes. I would think that humans seen from the elvish point of view would be something played very rapidly indeed, right? A very fast moving song uh, from the elvish perspective. Um, yeah. 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 Blink. Exactly. Very interesting. Um, okay. So particular characters, um, uh, you bring up two really great characters. Uh, I think you mentioned these on the discussion boards that would need themes. Aeol, certainly. Uh, we're going to want an Aeol theme. Um, and I would add as a side note or maybe an addition, we're going to want a Maiguin theme. As well, and, mm. and and I would th- obviously the Maiguin and the Aeol theme are gonna are gonna be very similar. I would think you know we, they they could be sort of paired, uh, the two of them perhaps. Um, hmm. Though, what's the difference? How should the Maiguin theme be different from the Aeol theme exactly? In instrumentation, I think you know you could have a a different instrument. Is it just me or does Aeol seem like a bassoon guy? He kind of seems like a bassoon guy to me. I, I, I maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but that's that's my that's that's my that's my first impulse with Aeol. Um, uh, you know, and then maybe shifting to something like shifting up to the oboe from the bassoon, you know, for Maiguan or something like that. I don't know. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, so. But as far as Aeol, so the one suggestion was the uh, the, you know, if his theme is based in Nan Elmoth, it could be tied to Melian and to Nightingales. It could be, but I would think in a particular way, right? I mean, he's on the one hand, you know, Aeol's been around for a long time. I mean, he's an Avari, but he's kind of a squatter in Nan Elmoth. I mean, he's, uh, uh, you know. Melian was totally there first, right? And it's not like he's connected to Melian. If anything, his connection to Melian is one of slightly twisted imitation, right? I mean, the the whole parallel between Thingol and Melian meeting and, you know, uh, you know, between Thingol being enraptured by perceiving Melian and Arathel being ensnared when she sees Aeol, yeah, they're parallel, but you know, it's not exactly a, a sort of a flattering, you know, homage <laughs> to the. I mean, it's mm. it's definitely a perversion of it. Um, so, I mean, it would be kind of interesting to make Ale's theme like a kind of um, a kind of twisted version of the Melian theme in some ways. Though I'm not really sure that it's. I mean, apart from the Nanelmoth connection and the kind of the way in which he's made Nanelmoth into kind of a little mini Doriath, right? A little twisted mini Doriath uh, mm-hmm. with a, uh, uh, you know, his own kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, twisted girdle uh, around it. But, um, um, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think. I don't think that Melian should be the sort of like the primary fixation, you know, of Aeol's theme, or the primary basis of Aeol's theme. Um, 
I think I was going back to the the conversations that you had last season mm-hmm. about, and w- which we've never ended up showing. Right, <laughs> right. Dale's backstory just tended to get cut and cut and cut. <laughs> yes, um, but 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 yeah, the, the 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 fact that he found this this forest which had its own source of power, which he which he has come in and adopted and twisted to 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 his own ends right so that right. was that that was sort of where where i was coming from in in, in not that he's related to million but right. that he has adopted this power and right. twisted right. it and manipulated it himself yep. um as being as as being the being the origin of his power and i really wanted to wanted to make like no distinction in theme between nan elmoth and al right like they they just need to be seen as one and the same. He is he is Nan Elmoth. Um, well, it's the, certainly every time we're going to be. I mean that his theme should be played whenever we're at or near Nan Elmoth is certainly. I think yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I mean even after he's dead, <laughs> if ever we're near a Nan Elmoth again, we should be recalling Aeol. So, um, yeah, yeah. Now Marie has a really fun idea. Uh, you know, there's um, there's this, you know, there's that mention in the Silmarillion that there's something crooked about Maeglin, right? This is just like, he just he ain't right, right from the beginning, right? He just he he, he just ain't right, and uh, so if there's some way something that could be, as Marie says, sort of intrinsically wrong about his theme, whether it's expressed in dissonance or um you know, in just like, like what sounds like a wrong note, you know, I mean, like it, it, it should be, there should be something off about his theme. Um, I think that's a really interesting idea. I think that'd be really fun to play with. Yep. Yeah. I could look at, um, sort of the, um, the, uh, sort of having that really, really quick transition from one note to another. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I can intersperse within like have have a whole theme, but then as Megan's theme is having to have that little duh, um, mm-hmm. to 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 show that this particular theme is 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 off. Right, right, yeah. And as Nick points out, it has to be something that can be hidden initially, right? Not something that's just like you hear it and you're like, "What the heck is this? This sounds horrible!" Right? It, sh- it shouldn't be as blatant as that. It's it should be subtle. Um, so yeah, mm. yeah, um, yeah. Tony is suggesting it could be something in an old time signature, like uh, you know, Ail's, uh theme could be in like seven four time or something like that. Uh, that would be really interesting. Um, yeah, actually, like Ail or my like Mygwin's theme mm. being in like five four time or something would be uh, uh, or seven four would be would be interesting. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, I kind of like that idea yeah. actually. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like he'd do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I agree. Um, uh is going to come up now, and we he certainly is one of those characters, obviously, we're going to have to play the long game on pretty importantly because he is going to be one of the dominant characters of the Second Age, of course. Um, so, you know... If, Gilgalad gets so little time uh, in the narrative that Tolkien actually wrote, but of course, in the uh, chronologies that Tolkien wrote, Gilgalad has the longest rule of any elf king in history, so uh, he's going to be very important for a very long time. 
um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what would be the important elements of Gilgalad's theme? He is, he is the high king in the last, he's not yet the high king, but he is the high king and the last high king. Um, connecting, therefore, I would think that Gilgalad's theme would need, does Finway have a theme himself? No, we've re- we've uh, I've shied away from individual themes among among the elves, mm-hmm. and I've, I sort of feel that for the time of the Silmarillion story, um, yeah, we should sort of keep within within the three kindreds, um, re- really to help audiences still sort of grab. You know how difficult it is keeping track of who's who right. in the Silmarillion. Right. But yeah, if we use the music to to help help people understand, yeah, we're still talking about the. The, the people who never made it to Valinor. We're still talking about the Noldor here. Right. But in, in the same way that I feel that we should strongly use the use the three themes for the three houses of men during the time of Silmarillion. Once we get to the end of the Silmarillion and we're done, done with the War of Wrath, um, all bets are off. Um, and and so, so that's why I'm saying let's sort of begin with a with 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 a very small subtle theme um for Gilgalad which is going to be the predominant predominant theme once we get to uh the second age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so and same with Numenor we, we're going to put aside the three houses of men themes right and Numenor is going to be big and bright and grand and new yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah, and that's going to be a super important theme, of course, the Numenor theme um, uh, for later on. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll definitely have to think about that. But again, I think as far as like dominant note for Gilgalad, it's got it's got to be kingship. It's got to be leadership, right? That's what he's that's what he's gonna be all about. He is going to be not only the last high king, but the greatest high king uh, of the elves uh, of of the Noldor. So. Um, so yeah, it's got to be a Noldor theme, um, but it needs to be, it needs to be royal. You know, it needs to be uh, uh, royal, and I would say like triumphant as well. You know, I mean, he's going to even in death, he's going to succeed. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna end his long long career by taking down Sauron. So, or helping mm. to take down Sauron. So that's a that's a big deal. Um, uh, and the other the other character theme, and I already mentioned it, but just to allude back to it again, I think that Andreth in particular, maybe Andreth and Adonel, uh, you know, like the wise woman theme, um, uh, would be that. I think that would be really important uh, for this season. There aren't too many other of the men. I mean, Beor will have the House of Beor, uh, and I think maybe actually maybe Beor retains the old version, like the 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 episode one version of the Beor theme, mm. right? Even mm. when he's on his deathbed and the rest of his people are, uh, you know, their theme has changed, right? In Nargothron, maybe Beor retains the, the kind of the pure original version of the House of Beor theme. Um, uh, so yeah, most of the other people like Hador doesn't really need his own theme because he's going to be the one who's going to really establish the House of Hador theme. Uh, so, 
Um, but but Endreth and Adonel definitely need a different theme, you know, it, related to the House of Beor, but um, uh, because what they do is is kind of characteristic of the House of Beor. But um, but I think that that def because we're we're going to want to kind of play off. Uh, in the latter part of the season, when we have the House of Beor up in Ladros, and we have Endreth still leading as wise woman, but also you know raising up her, um, you know her her uh, you know younger proteges to take over as military leaders, um, you know we're we're going to want to be able to kind of signal the 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 shift, um, you know, and the, the 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 two different kind of elements there. But those are the only ones I could think of as far as new characters that we would really want to think about um, for this season. And then the last thing was the frame. We need Harad. We need a Harad theme, right? That's going to be really important. Um, So the thing that's most difficult about a Harad theme is avoiding the obvious, right? I mean, yes. it's not just me, right? Like, we don't want this to sound like the beginning of Aladdin, basically, is what we don't yep. want. Um, yep. <laughs> or nope. Yeah, I mean, and yet it's hard. It's really hard mm. because that's right, actually. It should sound like the beginning of Aladdin. I mean, it's like geographically, that is in fact the area that we're talking about. Um, if you take the parallels to you know, the, the, you know, the parallels that Tolkien put on his map, you know, about where things Mm -hmm. are relative latitude and stuff. Um, but, um, and it's especially interesting here because, um, well, okay. I would say one thing. When we say we want to avoid that, what we really are talking about, right? I mean, like, let's call a spade a spade. What we're really wanting to avoid is having like, and we've talked about this in other contexts, you know, having like the bad guys look like Muslims and, you know, the good guys look like Christians. Like that's the main thing that we're wanting to avoid. Right. But remember in the Harad frame, the native Haradrim are not the bad guys. Right. What the whole frame is about is about the, the corruption of their society from outside. Right. Um, so I think actually we're going to need at least two themes for the frame, right? We've got a Gandalf. Do we have a Gandalf theme already? No, Gandalf's been one of those ones that, um, I haven't done a lot of frame music. I did hope, um, for for season one, young Estelle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't really do anything around around the dwarves in um, and the trip to Erebor in the last season. Um, um, yeah, so I haven't done a lot. And Gandalf really misses out. Like he doesn't even have his own theme in the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies. That's interesting. Um, be- because he's the inspiration. He's he's not the force. He's the inspiration that inspires others to do it. So he never right. got his own theme. Um, but. When when I was listening to the to the sessions, um, talk talking talking about the when you when you and Dave first discussed the first discussed the frame, um, I, I I was actually thinking, well, okay, this is a new area of music. Um, I haven't done Gandalf before, but 
which leads me back to, well, we're going to have five Astari sometime. <laughs> this this is the mm. thing that we're using, and uh, it sort of leads you back to something earlier and earlier and earlier. So that, well, when am I going to, when do I have to begin this particular theme yeah. um, into, in, into the season? So I'm sort of thinking that maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should concentrate on a theme for the Astari in general. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I hate to add that on just because, um, um, just be, you know, because Gandalf shows up in the frame here, but it is. I mean, you're sooner or later we yeah. we, we we have to have it. I mean, we have to have it. A sorry theme, absolutely. Um, and we we're, and we're going to want to show the relationship between Gandalf and Saruman and Radagast and the Blue Wizards. Um, uh, you know, to, to to link them together, but to differentiate them in important ways. And so, yeah, I mean, if we have time, I think now's the time to think about that, especially because then three. Did I say two? We need three themes for the frame then, right? We need a Gandalf <laughs> theme, right? Because we need to figure out the Astari thing. We need a Gandalf theme, which is, in, which, as you say, is, is associated with inspiring others, right? We need um, uh, we need a like a Harad frame just like a, a hard theme just the like generic you know day in the life of hard <laughs> theme this like basic you know the one which can be tied to their culture not to their like they are the bad guys under the influence of sauron because they're mm. not yet but then we do need a uh you know mouth of sauron theme right the like a uh, cult of sauron theme basically Right. Um, which, of course, I would think could be a lot of fun to do. Right. Like some kind of like uh, I'm thinking some sort of uh, like dark ritualistic version of the Myron theme. Right. I mean, we've, we've mm-hmm. done some Sauron stuff already. Right. So if yes. we, we take some of that Sauron stuff and we make it into this kind of um, uh, cult ritual sort of elements uh, to it, right? Um, Deep male voices. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we can the the music is actually something that we could kind of appeal to to make the um, this whole dynamic of you know the Haradrim society. The you know the Haradrim are not intrinsically evil, and Harad as a nation isn't intrinsically evil. Um, they are coming under the domination of Sauron. Sauron is is uh, 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 appropriating them, and he is corrupting them and acting upon them from the outside. That's the that's the point of the frame. It's the drama of the frame, right? Um, and I, I I can't help but think that musically, so. Okay, did I say three, four? Four themes, because the fourth theme would then be the Haradrim frame, right? Like the happy, cheerful Hobbiton of the South frame, uh, theme, rather, right? Corrupted by the Sauron theme, right? So it's like a mingling of those two things mm. where we see. And that, of course, can be the theme that we get when we have, you know, the Haradrim riding into battle at the Pelennor Field, right? Um, is going to be like the evil corrupted Haradrim theme music, right? Which is very different from the peaceful Hobbiton of the South um, theme. So um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Maria's... Five. 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 Things, An yeah. elephant. 
Yeah, the an elephant, elephant theme, right? Exactly. We can we we can we we can avoid that. I, we don't. I don't think we have to show any elephants on screen, especially well, if it's going to make Gandalf, you do another one. Isn't Gandalf going to ride a white elephant in the frame? <laughs> oh, we did want Gandalf riding a white elephant. Yeah, that almost has to happen. That almost has to happen, doesn't it? I'm pretty yep. sure the script team are on top of that. Yeah. No, that is so something that needs to happen. Um, uh, yes. No, that does need to happen. So Marie is is uh, laughing at me and yelling at me at the same time uh, for ex- for how much work I'm loading on you, Phil. Uh, for this. Uh, keep in mind, these are all general vague requests, ideas, you know, it's okay if 100% of them don't get done. Just thinking about things that could get done. Oh, I also wanted to add on the subject of like weighting you down with a huge amounts of work. When I talked about like annotation of the of the outlines and stuff, it doesn't have to be so, that's like your personal homework, right? I just I I I'm, I think it would be a really fun kind of layer to add. I'm not lay, laying that on the script team either uh, to say that, like, please include also all of the musical themes that are going to come in at every place. It's just I think that would be a really fun thing for people to kind of comment on. And especially when we do the discussion of the um, of the of the 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 different um, uh, episodes uh, to, yep. you know, have people kind of able to go back after we've talked about the the, the themes and the music and and. Uh, uh, and sort of shown that uh, to be able the, to. The script team, the script team did do that last year. In their script, they used the they annotated the theme of bottomless dread right. um, in yeah, in in one episode. Which yes, was full points to Rihanna there. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, good. Let's see. I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to find the. Hang on a second. Um, There we are. I'm trying to pull up just so that people can, for those who are watching, who don't know, we had a, a David over on YouTube there was asking about this. And I want to make sure people know about this. I want to get your uh, YouTube page, Phil, that contains your, um, um, your playlists here. So for folks who want to find that we've been alluding to several of the, you know, several things that have been done before, uh, you can find the different playlists, uh, for, so this is the film film music, uh, uh, playlist here in, on Philip Menzies, uh, YouTube channel. Um, so you can here find the different seasons and stuff that we've done. Um, this is the playlist put together specifically for the session that we did at the end of season four. Um, so you can see, you know, some of the themes that, um, he's done for all of these. So anyway, those are just some, uh, so Philip Menzies, YouTube channel, uh, and then his film film music playlist, uh, is where you can go there. So, um, we'll try to have that in the, we'll try to include that in the notes. Um, but, um, yeah, excellent. I need one more subscriber to make 100 subscribers. There we go. There we go. <laughs> excellent. Well, and I think 
That's it. That is, in fact, it for uh, the last thing that we were supposed to be talking about. I don't know. It's it's late. Even though we started late, I should probably let people go eventually. Um, so our next session is actually going to be next week because we were our schedule was thrown off by the holidays. Uh, so this week is actually a makeup for last week when it was New Year's uh, New Year's Eve. Um, so we're going to be our next session is going to be uh, next week on January 14th at 10 p.m. Eastern, as usual. Uh, and we're going to be back to discussing the episode. So we we discussed the A plot, uh, which was the Aravel Aeol story in episode two. We didn't get to the B plot uh, from that episode. So we'll, we'll 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 do the B plot and then we'll move on to episode three, which focuses on the death of Bayor. So um Excited to get back to the uh, the ep- the episode um, outline discussions next time. Uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, um, uh, James Oakley humbly suggests uh, that uh, the word "silm harmonic" should be used somewhere in the playlists, uh, Phil, which 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 does seem does seem appropriate. Um, anyway, okay, so there you go. David on YouTube said he just subscribed to you, so there you go, Phil. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, very good. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. This has been wonderful. I always and I can't wait to get back and to hear some of the things that you and Megan come up with and, and uh, Tony's stuff that he's already written and everything. So, And feel free, for those of you who want to join in this creative community here, um, uh, you can go to our, uh, our discussion boards. Um, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, uh, Marie will remind me of the, uh, the web address uh, for our discussion boards for people to join in our discussion and see some of the other things going on. We have lots of things happening. We'll be talking about other um, uh, kinds of artistic uh, concepts and commissions that we have for folks. Um, we're going to be discussing in a couple weeks time uh, after we discuss uh, the next steps of the episodes, we're going to be talking about concepts for casting. Uh, so we're going to be uh, kind of covering a bunch of these things here Um uh, yeah, so forums.signumuniversity.org uh, is where you want to go, and it's the Silmarillion Film Project uh, uh, forum on there, and you'll see lots of places, places to participate in the script discussions, uh, places to participate in uh, in you know v- various of the different um, uh, kind of elements. If you want to contribute to discussions about the music, you want to uh, talk about art or casting, or you want to talk about uh, you know any of these things. Um, uh, costuming and uh, and visual art and all kinds of things. Uh, this has been a long running project. We've been doing this now for over five years, uh, and uh, it's uh, uh, it's been a great deal of fun. So uh, always welcoming. Uh, really excited to hear about your new uh, composing partner, uh, Phil. That's great. And uh, you you jumped in uh, with. Uh, uh, with musical compositions from the very beginning back in season one. Uh, and I really appreciate all the work that you've done over the years. And I'm delighted that others are joining you now uh, mm. in that. That's really great. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be really uh, always a pleasure to join you, Corey and Dave. Um, but I'd, I'd be really happy for, for other people who want to contribute um, musically. Um, I think that collaborating is great. We did a fantastic collaboration with the Oath of Fainal last year. And um, I think there's room to do something like that this year with the Light of the West. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the, nice. more, 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 the more the merrier. Very good. Absolutely. Especially considering all of the 
work I dumped on you today. Uh, so <laughs> that's very good. All right. Excellent. So thank you, everybody. I will see you guys next week for our next episode discussions. And I will say, as always, thanks for listening and Godspeed. Although the theoretical budget of our hypothetical blockbuster may be unlimited, the production budgets of this and the rest of our fun alternative educational projects are unfortunately not. If you have enjoyed joining our production team, please consider donating at signumuniversity.org fund.